welcome to this presentation of Bethel Family Church. We hope you enjoy listening and that it helps you to grow closer to Jesus. But, but how that conversation at school began out of a conversation around fear. And, and it's kind of one of the things that, that we do talk about sometimes in church and we have uh, some, some common scriptures, but there's a lot of stuff um, that we talk about uh, in relation to, to fear. And so I just want to kind of touch on a few things this morning. And one of the things um, that, that I often think about when I'm preaching and coming and preparing something to share with you guys, um, now I hope... I hope that, you know, and often you're kind enough to come and, and, and tell me when something that I've shared or a message that I've shared has encouraged you or blessed you in some way, and that's awesome. But one of the things that, that I hope and pray, as well as it blessing you and encouraging you and helping you to grow in your faith, one of the things that I really pray is that some of the stuff that I share with you becomes stuff that you can then grab hold of and use in conversations that you have that come up with other people. And that is, that is that, that some of the kind of things that we talk about on Sunday mornings, um, are, I guess hopefully uh, relevant enough to the world that we live in today and to, to how we live and to your life and, and that maybe some of those things that come up in conversations are things that maybe you've got an opportunity to then to go, oh, I remember that sermon where Pastor Caleb talked about this and this and this and, and then you share that with someone else. So I hope that, that you're kind of thinking that way too, um, that you're thinking of, oh, I'm going to grab some stuff and then maybe some of that stuff that comes up in conversation, I'll be able to help somebody with some of the things that we've learned in church, right? So that's one of the things. But last week we talked about um, one of the ways that, God, uh, that uh, Satan tries to attack the church and tear down and reduce the effectiveness of church, didn't we? And what was that? Yeah, about that offence uh, uh, and breaking down of relationships and, and, and how we talked about how God wants to strengthen the church by building up relationships and how Satan wants to tear down relationships because he knows that that will reduce or diminish the effectiveness that, uh, of, of us to be able to be uh, the church. And, and so that was one of the things that we talked about, how we, we're being intentional and part of our, our, our life group strategy in, in doing that and why we're investing into that is to strengthen relationships and to build up relationships so that we, uh, we, we're, we're doing everything that we can to kind of maintain that sense of unity, that relational unity, that, that strength of our relationship with, with Father God and, and being able to build one another up uh, in love and, and unity and all that kind of stuff that the Word of God talks about. But this week, as we talk about fear, this is kind of, I guess, another strategy and one of the kind of, the, one of the big ones that I find in the church today is one of the things that reduces our effectiveness is fear. And now we often, you know, we, we kind of know, who can think of a scripture about fear? Yep, absolutely. So Peter was, a, when he stepped out in, in faith and walked on the water, and then he began to look at the waves and, and, uh, and, and feared and began to sink. Yep, absolutely. What else we got? Jules, what do you got? That's right. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. It's kind of... It, we've heard, anyone else heard that verse before? Yep. Now, absolutely agree 100% with this verse. 
The only problem that I have sometimes in how we use this verse or how we apply this verse is that sometimes we go, um, well, there comes times for, for most of us and all of us when we feel afraid. And when we do, what we do is we tend to get all kind of like, oh, I failed again and I, you know, I shouldn't be afraid and why am I being fearful and you know, that's not from God and, and, and while that's true, um, in, in most circumstances that God hasn't given us a, a spirit of fearfulness, a spirit of timidity, um, but of power and love and of a sound mind, great verse to hang on to. Sometimes what we do is we actually turn that into a stick to beat ourselves up with, don't we? <laughs> Now, the reality is that we live in a world, one of the kind of the, the subtitles that I was kind of um, giving to this message was, uh, was um, living courageously in a world that's obsessed with being afraid. Now, one of the things that we probably all recognize, one of the things that we all understand, if you've ever watched a news program, um, you will know that there are a whole lot of things that the world is telling us that we ought to be afraid of, isn't there? You know, from, you know, they, they always delight in showing the most gruesome car crashes, they always delight in showing the most violent home invasions, the most dramatic this and, you know, something or other collapses and, you know, like, ah, oh, be afraid, be very afraid kind of stuff and, you know, of course, what is it in the news at the moment, just about on the headlines every night? Coronavirus, whoo, all right. <laughs> so, so there's a whole kind of, a whole slew of things that, you know, we're continually told that we need to be afraid of. You're not supposed to shake anybody's hand anymore. Uh, <laughs> you can shake hands, you just got to wash your hands afterwards. And <laughs> what, foot shake? Oh, yeah, okay, all right. Fist bumps or, you know, shake somebody's foot or, you know, crazy things that we get. Uh, just in case you're, you're not a Facebooker and you haven't seen um, this during the week, reasons to come to church on Sunday. Number one, Jesus is awesome. Number two, we have toilet paper. <laughs> Apparently, uh, running out of toilet paper is something we're supposed to be afraid of now. I know. It's like I, I saw one, um, one funny little picture. It sort of had, you know, half of Australia running around going crazy over toilet paper and the other half of Australia going what? <laughs> it, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense um, but then fear is not particularly rational in a lot of situations, isn't it? But there's, a, there's an endless list, you know, and especially in Australia where we have like, you know, uh, you know 80% of the world's most venomous snakes and, you know, a whole bunch of, yeah, everything's trying to kill you, spiders, drop bears, you know, whatever it might be. <laughs> Um, and, and we, we kind of get that sort of, vo- there's a whole bunch of stuff and we're constantly bombarded with this message that says, be afraid, be afraid, be afraid, be afraid, be afraid. And then when we actually are afraid, we kind of have that, that religious kind of Christian voice that's telling us, wow, and what's wrong with you? What are you being afraid for? Come on, just trust in Jesus and you shouldn't be scared of anything. Come on. You know, don't we get that? So, Here's, and this is part of the problem, is that no matter how hard we try to not be afraid of anything or how much we try to, you know, just trust in Jesus and let Him take care of all the rest of it, there are moments in every single one of our lives, and I don't care who you are, if you say that you're not ever afraid of anything, then um, 
I, I, I would beg to differ, all right? Let's just say maybe we're not being entirely honest with ourselves. Look at this verse in, in Psalms. Now, you know, when you kind of think about uh, poster boys for, not this one, but the one I'm going to get to in a second. I just don't want you reading it while I'm talking, okay? I know what you like. <laughs> when we think of poster boys in the Bible for bravery and for courage, who is one of the first people that we think of, Bibi? David. David. Absolutely. You know, like the, here's the guy who faced down Goliath and here's the guy who's like going into battle and, you know, winning all these awesome victories for God. But here's, here's something that David writes in Psalm 56. It says, but when I am afraid, I will put my trust in you. Notice he doesn't say, if I ever happen to get afraid of anything. He says, when I am afraid, he's acknowledging there have been times and moments, and this is probably one of them. You read the first couple of verses and he's talking about, oh, these, you know, all these guys are out to get me, all that my enemies are hounding me at every corner, and, you know, all these kind of guys are out to get me, trying to kill me. And he says, but when I'm afraid, and it's like he's reminding himself. He's feeling that fear and he's saying, hang on a minute. Let me come back, says, when I'm afraid, I will put my trust in you. I praise God for what he has promised. I trust in God. So why should I be afraid? What can mere mortals do to me? Sometimes there's actually very valid and logical reasons for being afraid. If you're out having a nice bush walk and you see something slithering through the bushes, like there's a really good reason for you to be particularly cautious just in that moment. <laughs> you know, there, there's, there's all kinds of situations in which we find ourselves, you know, sometimes walking down that, you know, that dark alley in a bad street at, you know, bad time of the night and that sort of thing there's probably logical reasons why we might be just a little bit cautious and why there's probably good reasons why we avoid doing that in the first place Um, but sometimes there are you know it's kind of one of those um, natural kind of things that fear is one of those uh, human instincts isn't it you know um, they say that uh, we're, we're actually instinctively born with a fear of the dark and a fear of loud noises. That's why, like, even newborn babies, if they hear a, a loud, sudden noise, will begin to cry. It's kind of this instinctive survival kind of mechanism that's sort of hardwired into us to actually be, uh, to have this fear response. And part of it is that, that it keeps us safe. We think of Jesus. You know, you think, oh, you know, we have this wonderful picture of serene Jesus that walks around and... Um, you know, never's too phased by anything. And, you know, and Jesus is not somebody that we would say was overly prone to fear, all right? But Jesus was human. He was a man. And at one stage, he was a boy. And I'm sure that there were probably moments in his childhood, as most kids, most normal human kids do. Um, there's times when they get afraid of something that they don't understand or, you know, whatever might be the case, something that goes on. But I think too of, of Jesus as he was coming nearer and approaching the cross. And, it, and, and Luke 22, it talks about the agony and the anguish that Jesus experienced as he was praying in the Garden of Gethsemane. Now, there's all kinds of people that will want to 
um, argue that away and explain that away and say, oh, no, 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 he, he wasn't afraid of anything. He was just um, agonising over the sins of the world and of, of mankind and, you know, or he was agonising over the, um, all the, the Jews, that, those disciples that were going to reject him and betray him and there's kind of good arguments for some of those sorts of things but for me, I kind of look at this and I go, what's the most logical, the most rational, the most human kind of explanation for Jesus' anguish in the Garden of Gethsemane. And, and, and for me, I kind of go, like we, we know from Scripture that Jesus knew what was coming. We know from Scripture that Jesus knew He was going to be turned over um, to, the, to the authorities and know that He was going to be subjected to a cruel death. And I think that we would kind of be a little bit um, unrealistic to think that there wasn't some stuff going on in Jesus' heart and in his mind. Now, of course, we know that he didn't allow that fear to dictate and control his actions. We didn't, he didn't submit to that fear, but chose to submit to God. This is one of the things... Uh, I, I've got this little picture here. One of the things here's uh, here's fear. This is one of Kerry's favourite movies, Inside Out. If you've never seen it, a Disney Pixar film about kind of the little voices that go on in in our head and sometimes seem to. They've got kind of this whole scenario where they've got this big control panel that controls. Uh, how old is she? Eleven year old girl or something like that, I think. And uh, so there's joy and sadness fear, disgust and anger are sort of these, these primary emotions that drive this, this girl and, and fear is one of those ones and it's described in the film uh, uh, as, uh, uh, fear is described in the film as being what keeps Riley safe and you see this little picture, I was going to get the clip but it was a little bit too tricky to sort of narrow out the section that I wanted but this little clip where Riley as a toddler, she's running around and she's pulling this cart behind her and all of a sudden, you know, they're looking through the, the, the screen of her vision and they see a, like a, a, a lamp table with a cord across the floor. She goes, <gasps> cord, and she comes to a stop and you see fear there, you know, pulling on the brakes and she carefully steps over the cord and then runs away and drags everything off with the, the, the little cart that she's pulling along behind her. But <laughs> there's kind of this sort of this innate sort of uh, kind of part of our fear response is, is designed to keep us safe. And so I want to, I guess, encourage us and remind us that that feeling fearful at times isn't necessarily a bad or a wrong thing or something to beat ourselves up about. It's okay to feel fear at times. Feeling Feeling an emotion, feel like fear, feeling emotions isn't necessarily bad in and of itself. It's how we respond to that feeling. It's how we respond to those feelings of fear in, in our life and that fear response that kind of makes all the difference, really. And like Jesus and like David, we don't allow fear to dictate, but we surrender that and submit that to God. When we're controlled by fear, we're no longer being controlled by the Holy Spirit. And Scripture again and again and again, and we see this through Galatians, particularly talks about it in um, Galatians 5, when he's talking about the fruit of the Spirit, 
and being controlled by the Holy Spirit of God, um, talks about being submitted and surrendered to the Holy Spirit and allowing our lives and our choices to be dictated to by God's Spirit and not those feelings of fear. So, so there's kind of these situations, and I guess probably most of us kind of understand that there are situations in our life when we're actually confronted with danger, that fear is a fairly natural kind of uh, and reasonable response in some situations, isn't it? It actually says your brain telling you, hey, this is danger, get out of here before something bad happens. And that's, that's not a bad thing. I think that's actually uh, where sometimes we're wise to listen to that, that, that voice that's going on inside of us. But sometimes there are fears that are not particularly based on facts, aren't there? A great example going on in the world at the moment. There's a whole lot of fear that is, is based on assumptions, based on presumptions, based on things that we believe or make up or imagine or, you know, we, we extrapolate out possible scenarios and then we get afraid of things that are probably never going to happen. Uh, and, and that's the kind of fear that at times we need to actually kind of be, be reining that in and saying, hang on a minute, let's subject some of this kind of stuff to the facts. Now, how many of you here have, would, will admit, how many of you are brave enough to admit um, that you're a little bit nervous when it comes to heights? Yeah, there's lots of us, isn't there? I remember going to a place called Latitude in Adelaide um, with our family a little while ago. Has anybody ever heard of Latitude or been to Latitude? One or two of you? Yeah. So it's kind of one of those, it, it's kind of an activity sort of centre. They've got big trampolines where you can bounce around on trampolines. They've got rock climbing walls. Um, but one of the things that they have there, it's called the high walk. And it's kind of like you, you go up these stairs and, I, and it's kind of like, I'll show you, I've got a picture here. This is kind of, I don't know how good that picture is, how well you can see, but you can sort of see, you know, this, it's kind of like this, you walk around, you've got different obstacles from a, from a single cable that you walk across and hold the cables and Kathy's shaking her head over here going, you never get me up there. <laughs> and different sort of wobbly bridges and narrow ledges and stepping stones and some of you going, oh yeah, that looks like fun. Um, yeah, yeah. And, and one of the things, like, normally I'm not real great with heights. Like, normally I kind of, you know, do the essential things, but, you know, as I'm always a little bit sort of um, cautious, you know, when I get up on the roof or, you know, up onto things like that, sort of just not too close to the edge, thank you very much. Um, but I got up here and I had absolutely no problem. I got, and part of the reason, you might be able to see, uh, can you see this here? All right, you're strapped into one of those, you know, harnesses that kind of feel like you've been put in a nappy and <laughs> keeps all the, uh, the essential organs in place. Um, <laughs> and uh, and you, you, you're tethered to this really strong beam around the top. And so I'm up there and I'm going like, you know, even though it's behind me and I can't see it, I can kind of feel a bit of the, you know, the, the harness and all that kind of stuff. But I know that I'm attached to that beam. And no matter what happens, there's no way I'm going to fall. But that's, that's kind of what, you know, but the, the, it was interesting that while we were there, there were, there were people who 
you know, even though they're tethered up and they're chained up, it's like that, that fear, that panic response sets in and they just cannot move. And some of them would get halfway out around the course because it's like single file, so you've got to wait for the person in front of you before you can go. And there was, while we were there, there was someone who just got halfway around that course and just absolutely lost the plot. Like just basically just sat down and, and refused to move and could not move. They were in t- and I sort of felt a little bit for them. You know, and you get the, the staff member that comes out and has to sort of shuffle around and sort of try to coax them back to get, you know, because there's no way to just get off. But it's kind of like, sometimes it's like that for us, isn't it? We just kind of, we, we lose sight of our safety. And we just absolutely get paralysed by fear because we forget about the facts. And so I want to encourage you a little bit. I want to just kind of talk a little bit and look at some scriptures here because scripture is an absolutely fabulous way to remind ourselves of the truth. Scripture is a great way to remind ourselves of where we actually stand and, and, and remind ourselves of our safety in Christ and, and the facts of what is real, even though it might be in a position that is difficult for us to see. All right, so we look at Scripture, and sometimes we need Scripture to actually remind us and pull us back and, and refocus back onto the facts when we start kind of getting fearful of things. So here's fact number one, all right? This is an absolute revelation. You're going to be gobsmacked by this. Right, fact number one that helps us when we are feeling fearful is this God loves you. Isn't that a revelation? <laughs> I can see you, you're just like, Whoa, are you serious? <laughs> no, I, I know, we, we know it, don't we? We, we know it. But do you know what? Sometimes in those moments when panic sets in, isn't that one of the things that we forget? It's one of the things that we ain't thinking about how much Jesus loves you when you're in the middle of a crisis and you feel like your life is about to end. You know, <laughs> that is not what we're thinking about. But this is, it, sometimes it ought to be. You know, here's, here's see, John, 1 John 3. to see how very much our Father loves us, for He calls us His children, and that is what we are. We talk about God as our good good father we sing songs about it we read scriptures about it we talk about this relationship between us and our father god and we think you know what good father would go allow their kids to just go run off and play in the street um you know or go off into dangerous situations without putting measures in place to look after them you wouldn't do that would you john no, I reckon you'd probably have rules about where your kids play and who they play with and uh, and what they play with and all those kind of things because you're a good dad and you want your kids to be safe. And sometimes we forget that. We think, God, where are you? You know, are you, are you looking after me? Are you protecting me? And we think, if we just stopped and thought for a moment and reminded ourselves, hey, God is our father. God is not just any father. He's a good father. And if you human fathers know how to, to look after your kids and do good things for your kids, how much more will our perfect and awesome and wonderful and loving and good Heavenly Father want to actually watch out and watch over us? Romans 8 is another verse that many of us would be familiar with. It's a great kind of verse. It says, I'm convinced that 
Nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor demons, neither our fears about today, nor our uh, sorry, fears for today, nor our worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below, indeed nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. Isn't that a powerful verse? Isn't that a, a great verse to, to memorize? Some of you might have, have, have memorized that one or you might know that one. It talks about this love of God that, that is for us. Nothing can come between us and God's love for us. And he says, not just, not just necessarily even how you understand love, but he says, this is the kind of, this is the love that God's talking about, the love that is revealed in Christ Jesus. Christ Jesus, who loved us so much that he did what? He died for us. He, put, he, he laid his life down for us to, to keep us safe from the power of sin, to keep us safe from, from hell, to keep us safe from separation from God. He was protecting us and our eternal self and he laid his very life down on the line for us. God holds your future. It's in his hands, isn't it? Okay, here's number two. God is able. So God loves you and number two, God is able. God is, God is strong. We talked before about David and Goliath this whole kind of thing. Look at this verse here in 1 Samuel chapter 17. David replied to the Philistines. So this is when David is, uh, Goliath come and he's challenging David and David says to him, you come to me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of the armies of Israel whom you have defied. This is what David is saying. He's saying, you've got your weapons, here's mine. All right, your weapon is, is a sword, your weapon is a spear, my weapon is that I belong to the king. That's my weapon. That, that's, how we, that's how we fight our battles. We fight our battles by knowing who we belong to and, and, and who fights for us. The Lord of heaven's armies. Sometimes, like David, we need to remember that God is able to rescue us. That God is bigger. Uh, my kids used to watch Veggie Tales, and one of the songs that uh, was on Veggie Tales, um, Haley probably knows this one. They, they sang a song called "God Is Bigger Than the Boogeyman," <laughs> and there was there was a little kid called Junior Asparagus um, who was in his he was in bed at night time, and and just like this kid that um, Kerry described earlier. You know, you start imagining things in the shadows and, you know, something's rattling in the cupboard or noises coming from somewhere and, you, you know, there's, there's monsters under the bed or, you know, I'm a big fan of Calvin and Hobbes and, you know, if you've ever read Calvin and Hobbes, you know that, um, that he writes these... His, Calvin's a little six-year-old boy with a very, very vivid imagination and so often there are, are things hiding under the bed, you know, as, as six-year-olds are sometimes prone to imagination. But this whole idea that, that God is bigger... 
that God is more powerful, that God is able to, to, to deal with any bully, deal with any circumstance, deal with any problem, deal with any government, deal with any mountain, deal with any boss. You know, God is bigger. Um, we know the story in, in Daniel 3 about Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. And, uh, you know, if you, you try to tell me that there wasn't even the tiniest little glimpse of fear in those guys. <laughs> you know, li- listen, he, we get a little glimpse of it here. Right? I've got verse 17 and 18. This is what they say to the king. They say, if we're thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it and he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. They're still respectful, you see that? Still, from still your majesty. Now that takes courage in and of itself, doesn't it? To stand up to the king, to say, it doesn't matter if you uh, put us to death, we're, we're not going to bow the knee to anyone other than God. He says, but this is verse 18, he says, but even if he does not, there's not 100% certainty here, is there? <laughs> it's like God is able to save us. We know that beyond the shadow of a doubt. But even if he doesn't, we want you to know that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up right? we know how that story you know god rescues them uh, you know and god is with them in that fire and they their ropes are burned off but they don't even come out smelling like smoke we know that story and uh we we have that reminder that even even in those moments when there's kind of a little bit of fear you know we can we can trust god we can hang on to god because we know that god is able god loves us god is is a big god god is powerful god is mighty god is strong here's one of the things too that sometimes encourages me in moments where maybe i'm fearful maybe in moments where sometimes i i wonder whether it's all worth it this is, this is one of the things too that fear comes in all shapes and sizes, doesn't it? Sometimes fear is that, that sense of panic, of, of danger, of self-preservation and sometimes fear is just that, that little whisper that says, maybe you've got it all wrong. <laughs> maybe you're, maybe this, all your, your effort, maybe all your sacrifice is for nothing. I don't know if that little that voice or whisper ever comes into your mind but here's here's a verse that i found has been encouraging and is encouraging in that kind of moment it's from james chapter one it says god blesses those who patiently endure testing and temptation afterward they will receive the crown of life that god has promised to those who love him paul um, writes to timothy about a, a crown of righteousness that it, he's he's expecting and and waiting he says my life is poured out as a as a drink offering and i've i've run the race i've fought the good fight and you know i'm 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 waiting for that heading towards that crown that god's prepared for me and here's one of the things that 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 we need to be reminded of too is that everything that we do for god will be rewarded everything that we do is not, you know, the, the things that we do for God, the things that we do in obedience for God, the things that we sacrifice, the, the suffering and the, the trials that we go through, the, the testing and the temptation that it says there, those who patiently endure will receive a reward. 
We're not doing this, um, you know, without that hope. Sometimes I think we, we forget that, don't we? Sometimes it kind of just it feels like, you know, if there's not a reward right now, then there isn't a reward. And we kind of, we get caught up in this life. And we forget that we're also working towards eternity with Jesus and that there will be rewards that are to come. There'll always be things that will happen in life, whether it's a, some new disease or whether it's some new you know, government plan or some new circumstance or some new workplace situation or family situation or something that we've got to deal with that will bring up little areas of fear. And there, you know, there's, Satan will want to draw on those. Satan will want to play on those. Satan will want to make those things seem bigger than what they are. He'll want to distract us. He'll want us to imagine all these kind of you know, worst-case scenarios and, and, and paralyze us in fear. How we respond to fear either leads, either gives in to that, that, paral- that temptation to be paralyzed, to pull back, to hide, to shy away from stepping out, or we can choose to submit to God. We can choose to kind of come back to what God says is reality. We can come back and say, God, you hold my future. My life belongs to you. I surrendered it on that day when I received your salvation. I no longer call the shots, but I'm surrendered to you. And if you call me into a place where I'm called to give my life or to make sacrifices or to to step into dangerous situations, then I will go with obedience knowing that my life belongs to you and that you hold me and you watch over me. Now we don't do things foolishly, you know, we don't go, you know, I'm not going to bring out the crate of snakes for us to to pick up during church, you know, because, you know, we don't put God to the test, do we? But we have that kind of confidence, that faith that says no matter what happens, I'm trusting God. I can be obedient in following that, you know, I can, I can speak up for God. I can trust. I, I was kind of toying with the idea of um, putting a few people on the spot to talk about the life groups during the week and I decided against it. But <laughs> it, would have, it would have been a great kind of uh, illustration, you know, to, to really get us uh, in that kind of, you know, talking about fear. <laughs> I think uh, one of the the things that um, I was reading some statistics about things that uh, Australians and and people around the world list as their top fears and and public speaking, which used to be right at the top, has kind of slipped away um, lower down the list. But I think that's probably because people are just avoiding it and not doing it. Uh, (laughs) But anyway, we can be wise. We can take sensible precautions, you know, wash your hands or, you know, if you're talking about coronavirus or whatever, you know, we don't, we don't need to be foolish about things, but we also don't have to live in fear. We have an awesome God. We have a faithful God who loves us and cares for us and we can trust Him. Let's pray. Father God, we thank You.
that you are a faithful God. We thank you for the, the ways that you are a good father to us, that you watch over us, that you care for us. Lord, you protect us from day to day in so many different ways, just as a good father watches over his children. Father, we thank you that um, we don't have to live in constant fear, that we can trust you because we know that no matter what happens, even if this, this earthly tent is torn down, as Paul says, even if our bodies are destroyed, we know that we have confidence that we will be with you forever that we will live. Father, we thank you for the boldness that comes through your Holy Spirit. Lord, we thank you that you do help us in our weakness. You help us in those moments where we're tempted to let fear call the shots. Father, I pray for each one of us who are here today. Lord, if there is uh, things that, that we are being fearful of that Lord, you don't want us to be. Lord, I pray that you would help us through your spirit at work in us to come back, to, to look at the facts, to look at what your word says, that you love us, that you are a mighty God, and that you have an amazing hope and a future prepared for us. Father, we thank you for your spirit that is at work. Help us to be surrendered to your spirit. Help us to listen to the voice of your spirit and not the voice of fear, not the voice of the enemy, not the voice of the world, but the voice of your spirit that calls us on, that leads us on to great things, to bring glory to your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to today's message. For more information or to listen to other podcasts, head to our website at BethelCRC.org.au or check out Bethel Family Church on Facebook.